0: Welcome to Time Travelling Team, the weekly podcast where we review every story of Doctor Who right from the very beginning. I'm Paddy.
1: And I'm Trisha. In today's in the Tardes, we take a look back at Dr. Elizabeth Shaw. We'll be talking about her strengths and her weakness. And since Liz only had four stories, we're going to rank them from the quote-unquote worst to best stories for her time as a character.
0: So essentially, it's going to be your participation award and then bronze, silver, and gold. Yeah uh we would it's like a school sports day uh <laughs> we would also love to hear your thoughts on this so in order to join in the discussion you can check us out at time team that's t-i-m-e-t-e-a-m-p on facebook twitter and instagram or you can email us at time traveling at teamproductions.com. so uh another another one bites the dust not really
1: no yeah i mean we'll discuss it more next week possibly yes. when we're discussing terror of the autons but you know Liz isn't dead.
0: (laughs) No, no, she's not. Um, She
1: hasn't become like Sarah Kingdom, where she literally became dust.
0: (laughs) But she's gone too soon. Yes. Really, really gone too soon.
1: Definitely, definitely. So, like we said, with Liz, we'll do, we usually do weaknesses, then strengths, so end on on the upswing. Mm -hmm. And then we're ranking her episodes. Yes. No. I'm going to say this right now for the benefit of our listening audience. This was possibly the hardest rambling to do. Yeah. In terms of preparing my notes. And to be honest, I may change the ranking as we talk through her weaknesses and strengths. It's entirely possible.
0: Yeah, because like, say, unlike, who was it? Do we say Dodo? Mm. Like where it was you know it's such a limited pile of stories like you know it, it's hard in the sense of how do you where's the good where's the bad but here it's like there's four stories they're all good like yeah, as as we rated it it's like our highest rated season um and she's a huge contributing factor to that how do you rank it so yeah it's like i think i changed minds about my reviews or my rankings about three or four times
1: yeah me too but you know, we're going to get to rankings in a few minutes. First, we have weaknesses mm-hmm. and strengths. Yes. Who wants to go first?
0: Sure, I'll bash on first, I suppose. Uh, weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Not a whole pile, to be honest. There are two. One that was highlighted by you and one that I felt the whole time. So yep. one H- is Hady that... Paddy does
1: see my notes sometimes when we read the intro because my notes are like just after
0: i'm sorry no as i said this to trish right obviously you know the way that our screens are set up so you can see certain things depending on the font size now trish wrote her weakness not in a normal font she wrote it in a font that i like to call brian blessed as in it just fucking screams out out of the page you know and i've been on a bit of a brian blessed kick recently so there we go
1: okay why don't you do your one and then i'll do the one that we have in common so
0: okay so um i think she needs to stand up for herself a small bit more Hmm. Especially to the doctor, because she does kind of get. I won't say she gets like the shitty end of the stick, but like there are times like you know he does use her, and she realizes it and you know she should kind of go, I fuck her, you know, <laughs> um, something like that, or even with the brig, like yes, she's um attached to unit, like but see, this is the thing is that okay, she's a she's a member of unit. Mm. But the unit also has a military infrastructure. Mm. What way does the ranking system work there? You know. So, and again, like my whole uh, thing was like, you know, I, I I empathize with her in Silurians because I also don't like getting that sort of a thing done to me. I don't like orders being barked at me. If it's a reason, if it's a request and it's part of my regular job specs, I will do it. But you know, don't come down to me like a ton of bricks because I, I bark back.
1: Yes, he does not Um, at
0: me though but at other people (laughs) I know better
1: damn fucking right you do
0: (laughs) (sighs) so that's pretty much it again but I think it's kind of like I remember very similar to Jamie in the sense where the doctor would sort of abuse the relationship a small Mm. bit and it's like man stick up for yourself call him out in his bullshit here I would say to Liz do the exact same thing
1: yeah and like she does it a little bit in Spearhead, right? Hmm. He uses her to get the key, and then she gives out to him. She says, don't ever do that to me again. And then in Silurians, he does it again. He uses her to lie.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think Ambassadors, he's fine.
0: Yeah, because he doesn't even fucking know that she's gone. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't
1: pay attention to the fact that she's disappeared. And then in Inferno, we see it again. Oh, go feed this into the computer while I do my thing. And it's like stop fucking lying to her or making her life for you. Hmm. Because he, like, you're saying that, like, it's a pseudo-military, it's a military, it's a military organization with civilian attachments, in the same way that Stargate Command is a military organization with civilian attachments.
0: But, like, I was actually just thinking of that there, and I'm just trying to remember who, like, I suppose Daniel. Is Daniel the only civilian attachment? Because Janet is, is, uh, is an Air Air Force Force doctor. Uh,
1: Daniel is civilian... And then later on, the Caroline is, Carolina is, is civilian. Jonas is civilian. Um, Vala is civilian. Tilk is technically a civilian because he's not part of the U.S. Air Force. No. Um, McKay is civilian. Weir is obviously later on civilian. Um, so there's a couple of civilians dotted yeah. around, and you get the sense that like the other SG teams probably have a civilian or two dotted amongst them.
0: But not but again straight kind of straying from the point, but staying on the point, is that with SG one, it's you've got two Air Force regular regular Air Force personnel, yeah. an archaeologist and a refugee. Yeah,
1: what we'll about refugee? Probably. Or um
0: what what's the word? Defector. Defector, yeah, thank you. Whereas like th- so that's really meshing military and civilian. Whereas with unity, it's like you don't really see yes, like the doctor you will see a lot with the Brig or with Benton or anything like that they don't go on military incursions together. They usually kind of separate that well, sort yeah, of stuff. But
1: the thing with it is that you don't think of it as SG-1. You think of no. it as Stargate Command. Yeah. Where General Hammond gives orders to everybody, including Daniel, and Daniel is expected to follow because it is a military-run organization. In the same way, Unit is a military-run organization. Liz is employed by them and she has to follow that hierarchy. And I understand that sometimes the brig bites at her in a certain way or barks at her or whatever. And that's fine. But that kind of leads into my weakness, right? So th- the Brian Blessed thing is, I was good with weaknesses. And the first thing I wrote was, Liz has none. Liz is a fucking queen, right? She <laughs> has no weaknesses. But she does. I think, I think Liz's problem is that Liz has great confidence. Um, and I'm going to talk about that when we talk about her strengths. But she doesn't advocate for advocate for herself effectively and that's her problem right the doctor uses her she doesn't push back she laughs it off it's a bit of a laugh and maybe to her she's like oh it is a bit of a laugh do you know what i mean she's not personally insulted by it or whatever she gets into these head-to-heads with the brig where the brig wants her to do something she's like no i'm either busy that's not my job even though he hasn't clarified what the fuck he wants her to do or whatever and liz's problem is she doesn't communicate effectively with her superiors and with those around her, like the sassy attitude is great, and I love it, but it's not doing her any favors, mm. you know, and I mean, one has to argue the point, maybe she doesn't want it to do it any favors, she didn't want to fucking work for them in the first place. <laughs> do, do, do you know? yeah, she's not really there by choice. You know she was sequestered from her research, um. But that's the thing that I find with her is that, like, particularly in her interactions with the brick, which I love. But like to your point of he barks orders at her. But in terms of, and yeah, you maybe say like, oh, if your a boss, talked to you like that, you'd get fucking uppity too. Um. However, there is context, right? If a previous employer of ours who shall remain nameless was barking at you to take shit out of the oven because stuff was piling up and shit was beginning to burn. And he barked it at you because Mm -hmm. shit stuff is burning and we could have a fucking fire in a second if we're not careful. And you turn back with, I'm on the phones. Yeah. You're on the phone tonight. That's That's your job. But like, come on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. like
1: the the barking orders is often done due to heightened stress and is clearly not intended to be personal
0: <laughs> mm.
1: whereas Liz seems to take it all as like a, this personal affront to her, like yeah, you want me to answer the phone. It's like, okay, so you suddenly have an issue with answering the phone and coordinating via phone, all this communication with these other scientists and the search for the missing guy who's going to infect the entirety of London. But you've no problem reading people's medical files. You've no problem running around as a nurse. You've no, pro- you've no problem doing all this stuff, but heaven forbid you ask for this show to answer the phone.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is her line in the sand. And it's kind of like... like I think it's great because they make for great moments. Mm-hmm. But dude... If nothing else, he's your boss. The doctor is not your boss and you're not self employed. The brig is your boss. And if you have an issue with the way he speaks to you, address it as I have an issue with the way you speak to me, not with I'm not doing the thing you want me to do
0: huh.
1: at the height of a crisis. And that's where I think she doesn't advocate for herself effectively. Like what she's saying is correct. Like he barks orders at her. He treats her like she's normal military, which she's not. And that's something they need to work on. Yeah. But she never addresses it that way. <laughs> she just gets uppity with him. Yeah. And he gets uppity back and I'm just sat there enjoying it, you know, whatever. But I think I think that's like difference between you and I in terms of how we deal with people who back orders at us. Because <laughs> you do not like it and you don't like it when other people have to go through it either. And I know that from yeah working with you outside of the podcast environment
0: i've gotten better at it i don't you know roar at them <laughs> <laughs> I, I very that isn't civilly... something
1: to gloat over about no
0: no no i have to be fair i didn't roar like i you know
1: it, it was like a tiny step away from us like
0: yeah but i'm further steps away now yeah yeah. Now I just very, very <laughs> very calmly open the door, get out of the car. <laughs> 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 no, now I very calmly just tell them in the politest way possible without saying the words fuck off, fuck off.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. So, strengths?
1: Strengths. So I have four, one of which I've mentioned already. hmm Which is her confidence. Yes. Lishaw has confidence coming out the wazoo right Mm -hmm. and it makes her really sassy which Mm -hmm. i love sassy liz is like my favorite thing particularly when she's sassing people of like when she sasses the brig it's funny but like in ambassadors where i think i mentioned this last week or earlier this week when um she gets recaptured and your man's like keep an eye on her it's like don't worry i won't hurt you it's like oh you're just Mm-hmm. i love you you're so cool.
0: i love the way you said like you can like she has confidence coming out the wazoo and i was going to say and thanks to her short skirts you can see it coming out of her wazoo
1: that sounds right
0: <laughs> it does i it deliberately didn't did mention the
1: short skirts in that context mm-hmm. like, there's no there's no yeah. way to phrase that that sounds either a sexy or b yeah. not weird
0: yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> I when I was like yeah, it's it's in my head now. I've done it. I've ruined this episode. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, Her other strengths that I have are her scientific knowledge is far and above one of her greatest strengths, and Mm. the fact that she's so easily able to adapt. Like like we saw it in, I think Sir is probably the best example, where she was analyzing patient reports. Or, like, hmm. analyzing head uh, draw reports, analyzing patient reports, doing scientific deep dives. She was coordinating with all of these other, I'm saying coordinating with stakeholders in the framework, but she's coordinating with all of these other people. She's, you know, participating with the scientific research. She's administering inoculations. Her scientific knowledge is amazing. Hmm. And you totally understand why she was headhunted. To be Unit's scientific advisor.
0: Yeah,
1: and why? Perhaps at the end, according to Terence and Barry, she got a little bit salty about the fact that she wasn't Unit's scientific advisor. She was the assistant to the scientific advisor. I don't know. Like, how would you feel about that? Like, if you were told, like, your skills are unparalleled. We want you for this job. And at the end of your first, like three days they're like yeah so we found this other guy his skills are literally out of this world you're gonna report to him
0: if I was to be treated as a teammate Mm. probably better if I was told yeah he's your new boss now and I'm like how about something else (laughs) (laughs)
1: how about I go back to Cambridge (laughs) yeah pretty much you know
0: (laughs) how about you go fuck yourself
1: (laughs) Also, she has this amazing ability to work alone.
0: Mm.
1: (laughs) And we see that a lot. I mean, you know, I think one of the reasons why people possibly struggle to put Liz in a companion category or why they don't often think of her as a companion is A, she doesn't go anywhere in the TARDIS, right? Which is Mm. fine. She does time travel, like 15 seconds. Um, But B, it's because while her and the Doctor have scenes together, and they yeah. do do certain things together. Like once per story, they'll have a big thing together. Mm-hmm. She's often working away by herself. Yeah, She does her stuff and he does his stuff. And that's where Liz's greatest strengths come from. Like The fact that like she got kidnapped. Those two fuckers were clearly busy. Too busy to look for her themselves. And she was working away getting shit done. You know, figuring out how to get out of there, figuring out all these different things by herself. And it makes her, like, in my opinion, and this is where I disagree with Barry and Terrence, I think that makes her a great companion. Because she can meet the doctor almost effectively at his level, mm-hmm. which is fantastic, and which we haven't really seen since Susan.
0: Yes. Yeah, no, I completely agree.
1: And even Susan wasn't really at his level because they had a familial relationship mm. that was cross-generational, do you know?
0: Like, you could you could make the argument for Zoe as well, but there was just, there's something different there.
1: Yeah, like, Zoe was treated as a child. Yeah. And an annoying child at that, <laughs> do you know? Yeah. Um, whereas Liz was, in many ways, treated as maybe a close but younger sibling. Yeah. Do you know, Like, me and my sister, for example. Mm-hmm. Do you know? Where the doctor was clearly the elder. But there was a lot of trust and a lot of camaraderie and what have you between the two of them. Um, and I think that came from her ability to work alone. He didn't need to be over her shoulder all the time. And he could say, yeah, I'm going to fuck off for the day and do whatever. Mm-hmm. When I come back tomorrow, we'll check in with that component you're fixing on the terrorist that I was going to leave you to fix. Do you know, like it It's crazy, you know, yeah. um, and then my last one is that she she comes across at the beginning of spearhead as a real Scully type character,
0: yeah, oh, definitely
1: Scully took the better part of seven years
0: to, to become believe.
1: the believer yeah. <laughs> right um, and even then a lot had to happen for that time. Liz and Ferris, you present her with evidence, and she's like, okay, cool. And she will she will adapt her worldview. Present her with evidence, let her work it out, let her analyze it, and she will move on. Mm-hmm. And she's not gullible. Well, I say that when the doctor takes advantage of her, but she's not gullible in the sense of she'll believe any fucking tall tale you'll tell her. Yeah. Do you know? Um but if you present her with evidence, she is perfectly willing to adjust her thinking and go with it
0: cool so is that all of your strengths
1: yeah so what ones do you have all
0: right so it's kind of coming on from the weakness side of things but i do like her take no shit attitude towards the brig and other authority figures as we see it go on mm. like that she can go toe to toe to, no, as we talked about maybe it's not always the most conducive <laughs> course of action mm. but that she has that ability in her means that when the time comes and in the right circumstance liz is you one of your best weapons or one of your best people to have in that scenario you know yeah i, I look i love her intelligence the, the fact that like she is like she saves the day at the in the first two stories because she fixes the machine that malfunctions when the doctor is getting strangled by the giant jellyfish nesting consciousness mm. and then in Spearhead she is able to fully decipher the chemical formula from the scraps that are left Silurians, be, not Spearhead. Sorry, yeah, Silurians, Uh two S's two very close together <laughs> uh, she's the one that you know basically finishes writing the formula because mm. it's all disjointed and you... I, I'm assuming, you can tell me wrong because, you know, you're a scientist, that putting something together in the wrong sequence can lead, can create something completely different and complete even deadlier.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, it depends on what way he wrote it, do you know, but like,
0: yeah, yeah,
1: if you're doing like whether he wrote it as a, you know, this plus this plus this and like he presumably was including quantities and whatever or like proportions and stuff. If you do that arse backwards, like, that could go horribly wrong.
0: I have a feeling that he was writing it in the sort of, you know, the, ke- the chemical layout compound, like, that Um, was a DN6 back from Planet of Giants was written out, in, you know?
1: Yeah. yeah. And, like, in that context, I mean, it, it depends on what the compound was, do you know? But yeah. there is, like, that chemical signature is read in a specific way. Yeah. And particularly if you're formulating that the way the components are included, they're they're if you read it wrong, it can go weird. Particularly because there were so many of them. It's not even that like did she read it wrong. Mm-hmm. It's there were lots of pieces of paper.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> Which one was it?
0: <laughs> yeah. Do you know? Uh, you put how much nitroglycerin into the compound.
1: <laughs> yeah, it it'd be like me trying to decipher your handwriting. It it you know. It takes work, like uh,
0: that's that's low.
1: <laughs> it's true, though, <laughs> Mr. Chicken Scratch.
0: <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> uh, yeah, for our listeners, I have terrible handwriting. He really well, does. It's ac- ac- according to some people, I can read it perfectly, but <laughs> I, I doubt it. that
1: to be honest.
0: I can read it perfectly. How dare you? Um, and I think my last point is that like she is so brave and capable. That whenever she's separated from the doctor, mm. you're not really worried about her in sense of I'll, I'll put you this way. When she was inside when she was in ambassadors when she was in the the secret facility.
1: Yeah.
0: I I was fully like I was full sure like, that she was going to be able to take care of herself. When it came to the chase in said same episode, and she's dangling over the, the ledge. Mm like obviously look that's you know a terrifying situation to be in but the fact that she tried to fucking push one of them over the ledge before she herself got over it's like again it goes back to that thing of like going back to barbara or even going back to vicky to an extent i'm not worried about them when they're separated from the doctor yeah because one they're capable and two as well they help drive the story from a different perspective so when i'm Sometimes when I'm watching the Doctor sightings, I'm like, can we please go back to Liz? Or can we please go back to the Companion? Because yeah. their story, like the B plot or the B Avenue is sometimes more interesting than the A plot.
1: I, I, I'm always reminded with Liz of Barbara and the Crusades.
0: Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Like, I, like, I rated the Crusades a five because I loved every aspect of it. Mm. But while from the historical point of view, the doctor's um interactions with uh, Richard the Lionheart are great. Uh but from the adventure side of point of view, Ian and Barbara are the ones that are driving it. But especially Barbara because she's the one in the danger zone.
1: Yeah. And because you know, Ian Yeah. Ian kind of went missing for an episode. Because... Oh,
0: absolutely.
1: But <laughs> <laughs> well, he was on holidays.
0: Yes. <laughs> um so yeah that's it pretty much for uh, my strengths and i suppose strengths and weaknesses so shall we move on to the rankings
1: yeah um okay i'm going to leave my ranking in the order that i currently have it written okay i'm going to put a caveat though okay i would rather have joined second and joined first Rather than four three two one. Four three two one was really hard.
0: Okay, this is starting to feel like that fucking table quiz we ran, you know, where the we had four teams, three prizes, and one of the quiz runners, uh their sister was on the team, the four place team, and she was like, Oh, I think it's only fair if we start splitting up the prizes like bullshit. You just want to give your sister something.
1: <laughs> oh, that quiz uh, was fun.
0: Oh, it was. For us, maybe not so much everyone else, but for the <laughs> and as Dan and Paul from Half Measures would attest I'm a really mean quiz master
1: yeah I'm yeah. embarrassed I threw in some fucking wobblies in that as well but that's because my, yeah. my, my knowledge of Doctor Who is very like specific
0: yeah <laughs> cool so alright will we do four, three, two, one, and then we can have like the you know the moral you know victory of joint second and joint first okay okay
1: so in fourth, you had Inferno. I had Inferno.
0: No, this is this is a strange one for me, right? Because I would say it's Caroline's best performance. Yes. <laughs> but it's Liz's least interesting story from Liz's perspective.
1: Yeah, I, I'm I Paddy and I discussed this offline. Uh, offline. Why do I keep sounding like I'm in work? Paddy and I discussed this off-air. We go. <clears throat> um about how we were to consider Inferno. And we're we're talking about Dr. Elizabeth Shaw. Not section leader Shaw. Who is fundamentally a different character. So
0: Or or as I sometimes say in my head, sexy leader Shaw. That works too. Yep.
1: That works. And you were the one calling me a perfect last
0: week. Hey, hey, look, at. Just like, this is the terrible influence that you have on me, okay? I blame you for all this.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so like, I mean, had we been looking at the Caroline's performance, Mm. I probably would have pushed Inferno up the ranking.
0: Yeah, oh, definitely. Definitely.
1: Because like, Caroline was great in Inferno. But for Liz, now, I don't want to say that Liz, as in Dr. Liz Shaw, did nothing, because she did a lot. And Mm -hmm. there's a lot in Inferno that I love. Mm -hmm. Again, I said it when we were talking about it the other day. I love the fact that our first shot of Liz is her in the bowels of the TARDIS console, working away on it, replacing parts on her own. Yeah. It shows exactly what we've been talking about in terms of Liz's strengths, which which is fantastic. The problem is, in a seven episode story, a lot of her stuff could probably take up maybe 10 minutes.
0: Yeah and especially when of that seven what is it three episodes mm. are dedicated to the alternate reality.
1: Yeah and to her just basically worrying about the doctor while he's gone. Do you know I would have loved what well, I would have loved yeah. right I'm go going, I'm going to steal a line from mission log there. I'm going go put my writers out for a moment. right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I would have loved if while the doctor is gone.
0: Mm-hmm. Liz
1: is with the brig, working to shut down the project, yeah, do you know that she is rallying and raging over the fact that your man caught the power mm-hmm. and the doctor fucking disappeared, yeah, and she's going to you know what the doctor's like your computer's broken, why is this broken? and I would so sort have of loved to have seen her lead that investigation,
0: or even like overhearing Sutton talking to Petra about the dangers of you know the drilling and she's like what did you say and just that sort of stuff
1: yeah i would have liked to have seen her more involved in the investigation while he was missing Mm. because she just stood in the hut yeah waiting Mm -hmm. you know and there will be companions later who we see in a similar stance where you've got this hopeless and like i'm thinking of the end of planets the spiders right yeah but that makes sense for that Mm -hmm. character to be standing there hopeless Mm-hmm. there's shit liz could be doing absolutely and she's just not
0: <laughs> no she's not Again, like, and is, and again i just want to stress the fact that you know that it's primarily down to the issue of the, the alternate reality which again which was great for her caroline performance but in terms of liz it's not a strong outing for liz it's a good outing but it's not in, it's not comparable to the other three stories that she's in
1: yeah, now it is still one of my favorites to watch. Oh yeah. For Liz moments because I like watching the bits before the parallel universe starts and the bit mm. at the end. Yeah. Where she was like, Should I remind you, Brigadier? I am a doctor. I, a doctor. I fucking <laughs> love it. <laughs> I yeah. Love it. Mm. Um, but in terms of having to rank these four, three, two, one, Inferno has to go on four.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So what is your number three spot?
1: Ambassadors of Death.
0: Cool. Minus minus Spearhead.
1: Okay. What's your number two?
0: Ambassadors of Death. Okay. (laughs) Minus Spearhead. (laughs) Okay.
1: Um, Why did I say why I put Ambassadors in number three? Go for it. The reason why I put Ambassadors in number three is Liz is fantastic in Ambassadors. Mm -hmm. Right? But... Again, there's always a bot when it comes to Liz. Yeah. And in Ambassadors, that bot is it's kind of hard to get around. The character isn't treated well in that story. No. No one goes to fucking look for her. No one gives a shit. Right? And while she's captured, yeah, she's working away on stuff. And yeah, she tries to escape and she gets your man to escape. But, like, she never tries to communicate with the ambassadors. She never tries to get a signal out. Like, the like, the doctor walks in and is like, oh, yeah, bring me equipment. And suddenly he's sending you an SOS.
0: Yeah.
1: He's been there 10 minutes. She's been there at least a day.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. With ambassadors, the timescale is very all over the place.
1: Yeah, so, like, that's the thing that I have with Ambassadors, that she has some great moments, but the story doesn't treat her very well. Mm. And, again, this is is a question I sadly always have with Liz. What did Liz do for that story? What did she solve? Nothing.
0: Yeah.
1: She was the damsel in distress that no one gave a fuck about.
0: But... See, with that now is, and I, I think that's why I kind of put it into my number two spot over Spearhead was um, the fact that this is like, she is separated. So there's, a, there's a, a Liz component of the story going on separate to everything else. And I was just kept being drawn to like, I want to see where, where it goes. Now, granted, she manages to escape. She gets recaptured through shenanigans. She manages to kind of get Len- Lennox back on side uh to send him to go back to units to try and effect a rescue and while yes there's no there's no saving the day like she did in the two preceding stories but there was just something about the fact that she's even when she's captured it's a tough capture it's not like you know she's dragged kicking and screaming into the back of a car or something like that it's like she fights them off and it's the only reason she gets captured is because she has to be saved from dying by her captors and it was just something there was just something really really enjoyable about that because like we hadn't seen it in a very la very long time
1: oh yeah like i you know i agree she's amazing in it. i just think in terms of what i have in 2 and 1 mm-hmm. she doesn't contribute yeah. to the resolution of the story
0: mm. no that's fair that's that's fair
1: so then i had spearhead in 2 yeah. and you had spearhead in 3 so why don't you Go through why you had
0: spearhead in three. Um, no, I'll be honest. Right, two and three were the ones that changed a fair bit, and I w- I kept going back and I was like, d- d- I would kind of agree with you in the whole like, oh, how about we just have a joint second, <laughs> you know? Um, with spearhead, I really enjoyed it, and I really like I love I love I love the fact that in her first story, she's the one that saves the day, you know, mm. and like. <sighs> You know, like a fuck. Are you just trying to justify myself? Why the fuck did I switch this with ambassadors? <laughs> <laughs> because like the okay, but this is the thing. This is the thing, right? Is that okay? We're introduced to a character that is very Scully-like, as you said, mm. and I think the reason why I had it Lord and ambassadors is because it's the Doctor's introductory story.
1: Hmm.
0: And a lot of it is based on getting to know the new doctor. Now we get to know Liz and we get to see what she's all about. But compared to ambassadors where she's a bit more established to the extent that we can see that she really can, you know, after seeing watching Silurians and seeing her, her strength of character and, you know, her, what is it, her, her defiance. We kind of, we see that carried over Mm. to ambassadors, whereas we're only getting to know her in Spearhead, but we're getting to know the, the new doctor a bit more. So I think that's another reason why I had it behind Ambassadors because it's more, if if John had already been there and if this was Liz's introductory story, it mm. probably, it would be higher, you know? Yeah. And and because it's like a four, it's a four-parter and again, it's all kind of focused on getting to know the new Doctor, his new idiosyncrasies. Uh, also, we've got the Brig and we've got a, an older returning character and we're trying to establish him in a permanent role. So more screen time is given to him as well, you know?
1: Mm.
0: So, so that's, <laughs> that, that That was essentially the reason I ended up putting it just behind Ambassadors. But it's so close.
1: Yeah, so the reason why I put it in two, right, versus Ambassadors is, I agree with everything you said, except for one thing. This is Liz's introductory story. Um, like, you said like, yo, if it was Liz's introductory story, it is, right? Sorry. And it's a fantastic yeah, okay. introduction to a companion.
0: What I meant to say was, if it was just Liz's, yeah. as opposed I, I, to... I, I, know, I know what you meant. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um,
1: but it is a fantastic companion into R- 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 story. Um, possibly one of the best that we've had so far. Mm. We get to know a lot about Liz very quickly in only four episodes. So we have her initial scully likeness, the fact that she doesn't take any fucking shit from the break is like... Who the fuck are you? What the hell are you all about? <laughs> what do you want me to do? But immediately gets on with the work. Do you know? And yeah. that's what I like about Spearhead is we get to see in that one story who Liz Shaw is as a person. She can be a bit mm-hmm. defiant, more than a little bit. She's incredibly sassy. She likes having a good joke at someone's expense, mainly the Briggs. But she's also really fun. Like when the doctor is like, do I really have to call you Miss She just laughs it off. She's like, no, call me Liz.
0: <laughs> you know,
1: yeah. and she has such a great rapport with both of the characters that we already know. So we don't know John's doctor yet, but we know the doctor mm-hmm. and we know the break. And Liz is the new one in that dynamic. Yeah, John's personality is different. But the character is still the same fundamentally. Yeah. Mm hmm. Liz is the new element, and I think she does very well holding her own in that environment. And I think the fact that she saves the day at the end by fixing the machine—I love the camaraderie she has with everybody. I love basically—I love everything about her in that story. And the reason why I rank it above Ambassadors is well, yes, in in Ambassadors we see more of Liz by herself. That's why because Ambassadors has seven episodes spearhead had four if spearhead had seven i'm sure we would have had more episodes of liz working in the lab by herself before the doctor joined them yeah do you know so bearing that in mind the time that she was working by herself you can see her scientific knowledge and she contributes to the resolution at the end of the story in ambassadors Hmm. we see a lot of her working by herself and trying to free herself and that's all great But she doesn't contribute to the resolution of the story. She gets Lennox to go free and that does nothing. She escapes by herself and that does nothing. It's not till the Doctor comes in that they escape properly and the Brick comes in to save the day. Whereas they don't have that in Spearhead. She's perfectly grand by herself.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Working away. I mean, yeah, we need the Doctor to figure out exactly what it is. But it's from space. Give her time. (laughs) to figure it out
0: <laughs> yeah
1: you know, so that's that's for me was why I ranked them the other way around though I can't understand why you know why we feel that like her joining the joining the team was kind of overshadowed by oh my god the brig is back and oh my god we have the new doctor or whatever particularly in only four episodes yeah so we've done four, three, two, but we both agree on what's number one
0: absolutely
1: it couldn't be any other story Really?
0: No, it's not. It's her cameo appearance in the Five Doctors. (laughs) 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 Uh, No, no (laughs) (laughs) I love her, but
1: no. Um, It has got to be Doctor Who and the Silurians.
0: Yes, absolutely. It's a
1: hundred and a million percent.
0: (laughs) It's a fantastic story. Get yourself, put yourself together, woman. (laughs) It's a fantastic story the whole way through. With stellar performances from everyone. And even though Lawrence is an annoying fucker, he's still a really good performance as an annoying fucker. Uh, Liz is just amazing in it. She's great. She's. Like, she just sucks you into the story.
1: Mm.
0: You know?
1: One of the things I find with Silurians, and I don't know if we discussed it at the time. We maybe didn't. Is. I think Liz is really the heart of the story in Sailor Rains. Because it's through Liz that we, the audience, sort of know what we're meant to be feeling, if that makes sense. Should we be scared? Should we be anxious or whatever? Liz is that for us in that story, more so than any of the others she was in.
0: Yeah, I actually know that that's a very good point because... Like, I suppose, from the Doctor's perspective, the Doctor is an alien, so his viewpoint toward dealing with the Silurians is going to be completely different. Mm. And with the break, he's a military man, so he would have a military mindset. And then with the other characters, it's all, um, like, you know, xenophobia, fear of the unknown, it's, like, paranoia. Whereas Liz comes from the human aspect, but also the more rational aspect of being a scientist, and also her experiences with the Doctor. So yeah, she's kind of right in the middle. So you you actually yeah, she is the touchstone for how we should um, feel. No, I yeah, that's a really good point.
1: And like you know, it's a great Liz story anyway. Do you know, we get her being a bit defiant. Mm-hmm. We get her, you know, we get to see her heart. You know, like her worry over the doctor. We get to see her as a scientist, as an administrator, as a nurse, as a researcher. We get to have her explaining doctor speak to the brig. Which, you know, I still don't understand why Barry and Terrence thought that it had to always be the doctor having those lines. I quite like that it's a companion saying those lines. Um, But it's just, it's just all around fantastic Liz story. Like the story itself is fantastic and we mentioned all the reasons why. The cast, the pacing the themselves, whatever. But Liz is consistently great throughout. And whether she's working with the doctor or standing alone, she's constantly doing something. Whereas in the other stories, she's moving around a lot, but doing nothing, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. The fact, again, that she saves the day. Like, and i i will state that yeah the doctor came up with the formula but he got taken away before he was able to fully transcribe and so she's the one that does it so she's the one that effectively puts all the pieces of the puzzle together and again knows shows no fear especially when she's kind of get she's in that that i love that sequence where everyone is saying the doctor has turned the doctor has gone evil and she's sticking to her guns and I actually believe that she's the one that helps get masters on side to not take any rash course of action.
1: Yeah, I would which, agree. Is,
0: which is fantastic because like I think that's come up lately and I've seen it again is more and more people are getting into classic who which is fantastic and I love it. But the uh what is it the the issue of sexism in sixties and seventies media keeps coming up and i suppose like a trope is like that you have like the female and it's like oh what do you know you're a woman type thing mm-hmm. whereas here masters takes the rational like you know i suppose neutral viewpoint from liz to kind of say we can't make any rash decisions until we have all the answers and Masters realizes that she is probably the smartest person in this room. I'm going to listen to her above the guy that I've known for years, and I've mm-hmm. got above someone that has just said to me that this person has been killed by these creatures. You know, yeah. So, like, while yes, the way that I suppose you could say that that Caroline was swapped out or Liz was swapped out for the something for the dads type companion. The fact that she was a character that had like integrity and smarts and like she just didn't re- like she just didn't rely on the fact that she was a woman to get out of issues like she just fucking solves shit and it was yeah. great and this is just a, a fantastic story for that you know
1: yeah i would agree and like the one thing about liz that and i was gonna go back just to say it again right the one thing about liz that i regret because she had four solid stories, mm. not a dud in the bunch. No, be it from Caroline's performance or from the story itself.
0: Yeah, which
1: is a, which is great. I mean, compared to some of the other companions we've had, that you know that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. There's a small part of me though that is still like you know if you think about the sexism of the time and whatever, it still really bothers me that she never gets called Doctor Shaw.
0: Yeah, of course.
1: Because I was convinced she did. It was only on the rewatch I realised that she never does. Um, And I am really curious now. I think I have... I think I have Doctor Who and the Silurians. Um, but I definitely want to get all of these... I want to get the novelizations of them. Mm-hmm. I want to see what else did the writers of the novelizations build upon, if anything, for Liz. And... I just really like. I want to read her in prose, yeah. Know? And I'm probably going to be going down a big, big finish rabbit hole. Um, once I finish my current big finish stuff that I have, mm. and going through all of her stories, particularly the ones voiced by Caroline herself, yeah, and now the ones voiced by by her daughter because Liz is just such a fantastic companion. And we did not get enough stories with her in them.
0: No, absolutely not. But the one thing that I do love
1: mm.
0: is that obviously there, were, there's probably going to be some ill feelings from Caroline's part over how the situation of her contract not being renewed and just like that whole scenario, there would be bitter feelings. But the fact that she's remained a part of the, the Who family, is, is great. I, lo- I love that.
1: Yeah, and to be honest, from I, I'm going to need to look more into it, but from the interviews I've seen over the years, I don't think there was any bitterness. I think there was some disappointment hmm. that her time on the show was over. But like I said, you know, when we were talking about why she was leaving, she was also pregnant at the time. Yeah. So, even if Barry and Terrence had wanted her to stay... This was the 70s. Yeah. She probably wouldn't have. (laughs) Do you know? Yeah. She would have been written off eventually. And we'll talk about it more when we talk about Terror of the Autons. The way they deal with her departure is not the best. No. And I don't like the way it retroactively reflects on the story she was in. But it does give a bit of credence to the character herself. Yeah. Um. I think they're underselling what she did in her stories, but they're saying that she needed more as a person, which isn't wrong.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, Jesus Christ, no.
1: So yeah, um for again a companion that was only in the show for four stories. This rambling has gone on for quite a while.
0: <laughs> yeah. Gone on for Jesus nearly was well, it for nearly an hour, I think. Yeah. Um I wonder how long we would have gone on about Brett. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Brett's
1: best moments. Yes. Well, in episode one. Yeah. Right. I actually prefer it to be in episode two, Dude. to be honest.
0: <laughs> uh, we're just very thankful he didn't see live to see episode seven.
1: Oh, God, yeah. Can you imagine Bresh in episode seven?
0: <laughs> no, I just I don't want to. I, I He's really just don't. going
1: around going, What the fuck is this? <laughs> Oh, oh, cool. that, that is a fan fiction for another day
0: absolutely <laughs> and speaking of another day uh, this coming Monday we will be starting the brand new season uh, season 8 with Terror of the Autons
1: ooh
0: eee. so until Monday guys bye 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 bye